Join WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio and tour guide Guy Murphy of Totally Yours and enter into scripture, bringing to life the rich traditions of our Catholic faith as we journey with Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Journey with Jesus on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I am your tour guide, Guy Murphy. Joining me today as we arrive in the Holy Land for the incredible pilgrimage is Bill Snyder. Welcome, Bill. It's great to be here, Guy, with you once again. I'm learning a ton as we journey along with Jesus and with you. Very good. Anyways, last time we summed up our 6,000 years of human history and saw that we acted so poorly that we proved that we need Jesus. Instead of wiping us out, in his great mercy, God is going to offer us an opportunity for a better relationship with him. We also discussed the first proof that Jesus is the Son of God by showing that only Jesus had over 300 prophecies written about him. They wrote so many details about Jesus, even 100 to 1500 years before he was born. He is unique with this fact. Only Jesus had these prophecies written about him, not Buddha, not Confucius, not Mohammed, only Jesus, him, and none other. Praise God. So what insights do you have for us today, Guy? Today we are going to visit Elijah on Mount Carmel and cross the famous Valley of Armageddon. So what is it like there? Well, the Holy Land is beautiful as we arrived. We have landed and our journey with Jesus has already begun. As we drove from Tel Aviv up to Mount Carmel, we enjoyed some of the beauty of God's creation. The Mediterranean Sea was beautiful. We saw the mountains and valleys, and it highlighted the white clouds and the blue sky. And we could see that for thousands of years, people are able to grow food in those lands through God's divine providence in order to live. So we praise God for that. And our first stop on our pilgrimage is Mount Carmel, which means God's vineyard. Before entering Elijah's cave, what we did is we looked at the beautiful Mediterranean Sea and Elijah's cave is about 500 feet above sea level. Today we also have some testimonies from our pilgrims who are on the journey with Jesus. This is Bailey Murphy, the Carmelite Monastery where Elijah's cave is, about 500 feet above sea level overlooking the Mediterranean Sea and it's just a gorgeous view. Mount Carmel not only has the cave where Elijah lived, but it is home to the New Testament order called the Carmelites. The Carmelites were driven out by the Muslims in the Crusades, but they returned to Mount Carmel in 1342 AD. The church is actually built around the cave entrance. Underneath the main altar, you could actually go in the cave where Elijah had stayed. Who is Elijah? <clears throat> the Old Testament scriptures consist of the Law, the Psalms, and the Prophets. One of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament is the prophet Elijah. A prophet is someone who God chooses to speak to and then calls that person to share God's message. God has always spoken to man from the beginning of our human history and continues to this day. Today, a prophet can receive private revelation. This means God is not going to reveal to us a new faith, but help us live the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's in the Catechism number 67. So what is the timeline when Elijah appears on the scene? 
When Elijah the prophet is on the biblical scene, the Holy Land is in a mess. The prophet Elijah came about 100 years after the time of King David, so around 900 BC. David's son, King Solomon, had already brought all the false gods into the Holy Land due to his 700 wives, and the tribes of Israel were divided. However, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. If there is one message that is highlighted on Mount Carmel, it is what the true prophet Elijah said, we have to follow the Ten Commandments of God. And the 450 false prophets have said, no, we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments of God. It sounds like us when we are called cafeteria Catholics for picking and choosing what commandments we want to follow. Yes, Bill, the names are changed, but the story remains the same. What did Elijah do to make him so famous? His name, Elijah, in Hebrew means, my God is Yahweh. In 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah the Tishbite warns King Ahab that there will be years of catastrophic drought, so severe that not even the dew will fall. All this happened because Ahab and his queen, Je the famous Jezebel, have done evil in the sight of the Lord. King Ahab had built a temple to the false god of Baal. Imagine, they are worshipping a false god that the Canaanites got them thrown out of the land and the promise of Abraham's children in the first place. Now the children of Abraham have gone astray. God tells Elijah to flee to a hiding place east of the Jordan will he be fed by ravens. When the brook drives up, God sends him to a widow living in a town of Zarephath. Elijah asks her for some food. The widow says she and her son will die after eating their last meal. Elijah said, don't be afraid. The God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the Lord gives rain on the land. I think today we would not listen to a prophet and call the drought climate change and keep on offending God. Did they listen to Elijah? Was he powerful? Sometimes later, the widow's son dies. Elijah prayed to God and he heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. Actually, this is the first instance of someone being raised from the dead recorded in scriptures. Wow, I can't believe it. He rose somebody from the dead? Did that happen to anyone else in the Old Testament? Yes, but only three times. His successor, Elisha, rose someone from the dead. Years later, when Elisha's bone relics were touched to a dead man, the man rose also. That was from 2 Kings chapter 13. In the church, we use bone relics of saints all the time. I didn't realize it had such a biblical basis. Yes, it is the same God in the Old and New Testament, but we have more grace and more miracles available to us now because Jesus Christ is with us. But we will get to that later. Back to our story. Elijah comes back to his cave here after three years of drought and famine. Because of the drought and Elijah's prediction, people were wondering if it was caused by their sins. King Ahab did not want to change his behavior and called him the troubler of Israel. To silence the voice of repentance, Queen Jezebel was killing all the true prophets of Israel. Elijah challenged the 450 false prophets of Baal and defeated them which we'll hear about at our next stop. The people temporarily repented of their evil ways, and God thus ended the drought. Now inside the church of Stellamri is Elijah's cave where he slept and prayed. The cave is about 10 feet high, 30 feet wide, and about 15 feet deep. There's a statue of Elijah above the small altar in the middle of the cave, and 
a little place to light candles for your intentions on the left side. The simplicity of the cave helps us recall the Carmelites' spirit of detachment in order to focus on God. There seems to be an aura of holiness in the cave. Father Damien was our chaplain on a recent pilgrimage there, and Mount Carmel is very special to him. How was your experience, Father Damien? As we begin our pilgrimage, our first site for celebration of the Eucharist is at Elias Cave. This at the beginning is very special because it was also on this Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel I was ordained and celebrated my first Mass. So this all comes together and ties nicely. The site itself is very special, very special, very unique, very prayerful site. So what else is in the church? Two things we'll see in the church. St. Simon Stock, the brown scapular, and the power of mental prayer from St. Teresa Avila. As we are here in the church on Mount Carmel, we see Elijah's cave underneath and the beautiful statue dedicated to Our Lady of Mount Carmel on top. On the right is a picture of Our Lady in her apparitions giving the brown scapular to the Superior General of the Carmelite Order, St. Simon Stock, in the year 1251. Many people look at the brown scapular as an outdated superstition. As we come on this pilgrimage, we will learn the difference between superstitious and supernatural. The brown scapular is a sacramental that is a sign that you are consecrated as a child of Mary or a brother of Jesus. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he knew many of us would still blow it. He said, Behold thy mother, from John 19, and appointed Mary, the new Eve, as the mother of all the living. She helps us more than our angel can help us. When we wear the brown scapular, we use our free will to embrace Mother's help. God showers grace through this sacramental and gives Our Lady permission to help us grow even closer to Christ. I'm still struggling with this guy. Most of us are familiar with the sacramental of the wedding ring. It is a sign that you belong to your spouse and God showers grace through that sacramental to help you live your covenant. Since it is a sign and God showers grace through it, we could call sacramentals power signs. We use them because we can use all the help we can get, especially this guy. When we are dealing with these sacramentals or holy things or power signs, we are dealing with supernatural power that is outside of ourselves in a grace that comes from God in the person of Jesus Christ. The church alone has the authority to define these items and assures that they could help us. Wearing one gives glory to God. The power does not come from the object but from Jesus Christ. The blessed object prepares us to receive grace and disposes us to cooperate with this grace, as the Catechism reminds us. Common sacramentals include holy water, crucifix, rosary, blessed metal, scapulars, etc. They usually remind us of something Holy water is a sacramental that reminds us of baptism. Now I'm starting to get it. The power of Jesus Christ is supernatural. And this is not to be confused with false power or false gods known as superstitions. For example, a rabbit's foot is not a sacramental and does not give glory to God. There is only one God. If any supernatural activity comes from things that are outside of Jesus Christ and his church, such as a rabbit's foot, 
then that power comes from the prince of darkness it is wise to avoid such things the people in Elijah's time knew the difference but for whatever disposition was in their hearts many were embracing the false gods that was the Old Testament but what about the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke the angels told the shepherds this shall be a sign for you you will find a child wrapped in swaddling clothes from Luke chapter 2 and Our Lady said the brown scapular is your swaddling clothes that is a sign that you are her child like Jesus was praise the Lord I get it and I appreciate that we are in a spiritual battle and that we can use all the help we can get this place is also special to our pilgrims Harold and Margaret my native parish is Our Lady of Mount Carmel and myself and Harold, we got married at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church. So it is very precious to me, that place. Oh, it was so wonderful and I was very thrilled. And also my daughter got married in Mount Carmel Church in Darien, Illinois. Guy, thank you for bringing to this wonderful place, Lifetime Memorial History. Lot of history. We have to take a short break, and I'm your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, preparing us to go on a journey with Jesus to the Holy Land. Hello, I'm Scott Hahn from Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio. Catholic Radio is essential for the new evangelization. It reaches people who are not necessarily going to darken the doorways of a local parish, but they'll be driving by, and you can recommend it. You can even turn it on when you got a passenger in the car. Catholic Radio deserves your support as well, not only your prayer support, but also your financial aid. So I encourage you all, get involved and spread the word. God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. Welcome back. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. We're on our journey to the Holy Land and with our guest, Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, Guy. Before the break, you were talking to us about the Brown Scapular and Mount Carmel. 
some of us wonder what the Carmelites did for all those years in this cave. In the cave, there is a picture of a sister who is known as the master of mental prayer, St. Teresa of Avila. She was a Carmelite. She wrote a book called The Interior Castle. She will help us on our journey because actually farthest journey for a human being is the 18 inches from his head into his heart. Now in Teresa's book, she says, your soul is like a castle made out of a diamond. You are created in the image and likeness of God. If you knew the beauty of your soul, you would not let the enemy disfigure it. She goes on to say, most people spend their entire lifetime outside of the drawbridge of this castle. The big question becomes, how do you get inside the castle? Her answer was mental prayer. The first stage of meditation brings you through the drawbridge into the castle. She says many of the critters come in with you through the drawbridge. The critters are all the things we are attached to in our earthly life. I think we all like our critters, Guy. I know I certainly do. But if it disfigures the beauty of our castle made out of a diamond, which is our soul, how do we get rid of them? She describes the spiritual life as growth. Upon practicing meditation, you grow spiritually and you spiritually travel through the seven mansions or the seven rooms inside your castle. By the time one gets to the fourth room, only those agile lizards go in with you. So they start leaving all those other critters behind. And as they continue with their mental prayer or meditation, they get all the way to the seventh mansion, and that is where they enter into a mystical union with Jesus Christ and become the brides of Christ. Some of the Carmelite orders are strictly contemplative orders. They pray, do their duty, and work on developing meditation skills. They battle spiritual warfare as they go through those seven rooms and become a mystical bride of Christ. So that is what many of the sisters do in these orders. Wow, brides of Christ. That is incredible for mere mortals. Is meditation just for more than the sisters? What about us? Most of us are in the world, but we could share in the same kind of meditation. Since Teresa of Avila is one of the patron saints of the angels of the new era, as pilgrims, we will say that little prayer to help us learn how to meditate and to teach others how to meditate. The angels of the new era prayer is this. Dear God. Dear God. I beg you. I beg you. To please give me the grace. To please give me the grace. That the three powers of my soul. That the three powers of my soul. My memory. My memory. My intellect. My intellect. And my will. And my will. Will be for the greater glory of God will be for the greater glory of God. Amen. St. Teresa, help us on our physical inner journey while in the Holy Land. Are we going to learn how to meditate, Guy? Yes, because that helps with our inner journey, that very long journey that goes from the 18 inches from our head into our heart. The angels will teach us this later when we go to the shepherd's field. Elijah is so inspiring. Where to next? The next stop on Mount Carmel is El Moraca, and the great challenge of Elijah with the 450 false prophets. As we enter the shrine, we see a large statue of the prophet Elijah with a sword in his hand. 
To recap our history, the wicked King Ahab and Queen Jezebel built a temple to the false god of Baal. Baal was this Canaanite god of fertility and even rain. The perverted behavior that was required to serve Baal sums up the whole reason that God was going to drive the Canaanites out of the Holy Land in the first place. God told Elijah to tell King Ahab these acts were wicked things and that there was going to be a severe drought. There was no rain for three years as Queen Jezebel was busy killing all the true prophets in Israel. God told Elijah to hide. Usually with the false prophets in the name of tolerance of God's laws they are very intolerant and the most vicious killers of God's prophets. But after three years, Elijah came out of hiding and told King Ahab and all the people that he challenged the false prophets to prove who the true God is. Everyone was so tired of the drought that they were anxious for the truth. And we can follow that entire story as we read 1 Kings chapters eight, chapter 18, 17 to 40. Elijah challenged all the 450 false prophets through King Ahab. The word of God in 1 Kings chapter 18 says, So King Ahab summoned all the Israelites and had the prophets gather on Mount Carmel. They met at a spot that has a view of the valley of Armageddon. Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you straddle the issue? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. So Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, and there are 450 prophets of Baal. Give us two young bulls. Let them choose one, cut it into pieces, and place it on the wood, but start no fire. I shall prepare the other and place it on the wood, but so shall, shall start no fire. You shall call upon the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. The God who answers with fire is God. All the people answered, We agree. Nothing was happening with the God of Baal. Eventually Elijah taunted them, saying, Call louder, for he is a God. He may be busy doing his business, or he may be on a journey. Perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. But there was no sound, no one answering, no one listening. Elijah called on the Lord, and he sent fire down to consume the sacrifices. The people said, God is the Lord, and then Elijah ordered the 450 false prophets to be killed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It actually was a great Old Testament victory. Elijah taunted them, and God backed them up. Why was the God in the Old Testament so violent, and the God of the New Testament so merciful? Are you sure it's the same God, Guy? Yes, it is the same God. God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if he would have found ten righteous people. In his mercy and infinite knowledge, God and only God can know it was best to eliminate them because there was no hope for them. God knew they would only be producing children to populate hell, so destroying them was an act of mercy. God looks at the big picture that takes into account all people for all eternity. Remember, the most important thing to understand is that the smile of God, Jesus Christ, and His grace to change us was not in the world yet. Sometimes we underestimate the power of His grace. 
Today, we have the grace of Jesus Christ, so no matter how wicked we become or how far we fall away from Him, there is always hope. This battle will be won by Jesus. The tricky part for us is to let go of our sin and embrace the grace of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Did the people of God get on the right path eventually? Well, Elijah's victory was short-lived. When Queen Jezebel heard of it, she sent the army after Elijah and he had to flee the country. There's a little chapel here that commemorates the scene where God sent an angel to help Elijah who collapsed under a juniper tree. As he fled, he was so tired he couldn't take one another step. The food and drink that the angel gave him helped him go all the way to Mount Sinai. Even though God delivered a great victory through Elijah, the people quickly went astray. Eventually, God delivered them up to their enemies, and they were carried off as slaves in the Babylonian exile. God worked it out where the Israelites would come back here. So Canaan messed up and he is cursed. Abraham's children messed up and they are immune to punishment? The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 11 and the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah 31 said and elsewhere said the promised land was conditional and the people of God forsook their covenant. But God will make a new covenant and the real promised land will be heaven. The prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31 says, Behold, a day shall come, says the Lord, and I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. The covenant which they made void, and I had dominion over them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will give my law inside of them, and I will write it in their heart, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Beautiful. So what did the first 4,000 years of human history prove to us? The fact that we are created good but inclined to evil is obvious. God is patient and merciful, and we humans are easily led astray. We need Jesus Christ to redeem us and establish that new covenant to strengthen us so we can be pleasing to God. We need the light of the world. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Certainly. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Where off to next, Guy? We will go to the famous Valley of Armageddon, and then the city of Nazareth, where Jesus started his pilgrimage on earth in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. As always, Guy, I'm looking forward to it. That wraps it up for this episode of Journey with Jesus. Please see our website for pilgrimages, books, and local events at www.totallyyours.org. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. We will talk with you the next time. God bless. This was Journey with Jesus on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this or any other program, visit wsfiradio.org. Hello, I am Bishop Don Hying from the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Catholic Radio has a remarkable reach into the minds and hearts of all sorts of people who may not be going to church, who may not have any other connection 
to learning about the faith. I know so many people have grown in the Catholic faith because they listen to Catholic radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit wsfiradio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. Catholic Financial Life Day at Six Flags Great America, Sunday, June 12th. $55 per person includes admission to the park, mass at noon, a private all-you-can-eat lunch buffet from 1.30 to 3 p.m. And get this, you can exchange your ticket that day for a season pass to Six Flags, which will be good for the entire regular season, for free. Tickets must be purchased by May 25th. Call Gene at 847-746-2720. That's 847-746-2720. 